Episode 39 of Q&A Quest, uh, here on Sagamus. Merry Sagamus to you all. Yeah, may the, may the scarlet grace of the Lord be upon you all. Indeed, indeed. I am your host, Wheels, a.k.a. Mike Apps. Or do I usually Maybe say that the other way? Master. Uh, you, usually, uh, you usually go Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, but the yeah. point is that it doesn't matter. That's true. Because only my name matters. I'm the important boy, David McBurney, fanboy master, a cactuar marching towards its doom. (laughs) But yeah, a new saga has been unleashed upon the world, and it is good, and weird, and strange, and good. And Akitoshi Kawazu promises that if people care about saga still, he'll make more of them. It's true. Please, we care. No, but seriously, it's pretty cool. Nice artwork... Interesting come concept. Out. Please come out in English at all, yeah. in any format. It kind of reminds me a way, and maybe I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. It reminds me kind of a way in Unlimited, uh, of Unlimited Saga. You've just scared away thirty, like thirty of the forty potential people that might be interested in purchasing this object. <laughs> but actually, like, fully realized and good. An actual video game yes. instead of like half of a board game. It's true. Well, I mean, if you really look at it in Unlimited Saga, it's like, okay, either you're trying to make like a, a tabletop RPG and digitizing it, which is, I think, a neat idea, except the execution left um, everything to be desired. The execution <laughs> of Unlimited way. Saga is, like, is the experience <laughs> of playing a multiplayer board game by yourself. Mm. And but, for some reason, refusing to cheat in your own favor. But yeah, so far, Scarlet Graces, you wander around like a world map type area, uh, discovering things, getting into battles. And the combat system is especially interesting um, hmm. because, um, you know, typically, as far as skills go, uh, it, Obviously, they've used different things throughout the series, but you'd have like some kind of resource for each of the skills, be it like some sort of weapon durability or like skill points or something like that. And in this case, um, you get a set number of stars, and I'm calling them stars because that's the actual visual representation, um, to use each round. And you know, obviously, the characters have different skills with different star usage, and you can kind of so you can you know, use them all up with one character's skills if you really wanted to, or kind of divvy it up. Mm. And <clears throat> as combat goes on, you get, like, more stars per round. So it's it's a very interesting mechanic. We kind of have to uh, really think carefully about <clears throat> what skills you want to use. And Obviously, in my case, I can't actually read any of the text in the game, but like as often that just makes it like a normal saga game (laughs) but I mean as is often the case in these sorts of RPGs you know it's easy or relatively easy anyway to kind of get a feel for what different skills and things are just based on you know using them and experimenting and (coughs) and you know obviously they show how many targets they hit so there's that as well so 
it's it's a very interesting game, and I really do hope it comes out in English. Um, it, I imagine it would be like a digital only release, but I don't know that it would be um, a super expensive localization or anything like that because <coughs> it seems like presuming uh, its code's not spaghetti. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the code's spaghetti or anything like that. It's it uses Unity, um, hmm. so it's a well-known solid framework. So yeah, um, there there is a framework with within which it could be insane underneath, but it's slightly harder to be inherently insane. Exactly. So yeah, uh, so. here's hoping. Like, I would like a saga a saga Christmas here. <coughs> no, uh, Square Enix hasn't totally even abandoned the Vita over here. They just released. I know it's a Final Fantasy game. But Only Sony has. Uh, yeah, which is funny, but. Uh, you know, they just released World of Final Fantasy over here, so... Yeah, that was that was kind of interesting that that Vita version happened, but I guess it was like one of those situations where, well, we already translated it. Might as well, yeah. Which seems to be the situation for a lot of their Vita games, which is the only thing that has me worried about Scarlet Grace. Yeah, well... Maybe we'll if, maybe it'll come out on something else, you know? Dane to give us the Vita version as well. I feel like, uh, what else can... Oh yeah, they give us the Vita version of Dragon Quest Builders as well. Yeah. Digitally only, but... Um, they still got it. The, got the... It came out on, in Europe physically if you need a physical copy, which I which I got, which was not really that big a deal because it's a small download. It's Minecraft. Uh, Most yeah. of it's procedural anyway. Um, exactly. But... Uh... Yeah, like that's that's kind of ideally suited for the Vita as opposed to everything else that's gigantic and trying to pretend to be an HD game and taking up like two thirds <laughs> of your tiny memory card. Okay, moving on. Stiff overlap. Yeah. So, all right. So let's move on. So we had planned this to be our like end of the year year in review type episode, but we have not quite received any year in review type comments we got a lot of questions which we appreciated but not uh not any relating to your year in review so yeah so we're gonna hold that off until after the new year and um maybe then after people reflect on this past year we'll see how it goes and i i think at some point in this episode time permitting we'll kind of discuss um I think we'll each pick out one game we want to talk about from this year that was a surprise or... Something. Oh, so it has to have been a surprise, what you say. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say a surprise or just like a game you'd like to talk about. Okay, so basically what you're saying is I should wait until next time to talk about FS15 again. Yes. Yes, we'll hold off on that because there's a lot for that. There's so much to unpack. Yeah. Anyway, alright, so... We have a bunch of questions from Budai this week. Gonna... Thank you, Budai. You're always so uh, on the spot with questions, and we appreciate it. It's true. So we're going to jump right into those. And the first one is, I don't know if you followed the leaked Final Fantasy 15 info that was floating around the web this summer. It would obviously be called fake, and rightly so, but it turned out to be true. Someone with inside info was leaking it out. I don't know if that is a question so much as a talking point point and want to know your thoughts i avoided it because i didn't know <laughs> anything about the game they weren't uh, willing to tell me ahead of release so i don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah i'm not sure what specific info this is either i i remember hearing about this that like someone who had worked 
uh, on the game at various points. Uh, I think they were like something, someone to do with the art, like the one of the graphics programmers, something like that, uh, had talked a bit about their involvement with the game, but I think hmm. that was about it. Uh, like, when you get to... Like, th- this sort of thing happens, but, like, it's also a really convenient way to, like, amuse yourself by spreading nonsense. So, yeah. like, it's it's natural that a lot of stuff, like, that might be true, but, like, sounds like someone trying to make up something plausible, plausible to get someone else's goat is going to kind of uh, get looked askance at until something comes out. But when the game comes out, it's usually far enough away that, like... Hmm, okay. Uh, well, <laughs> no one remembers that this happened at all. <laughs> so, like, it's it's interesting, but, like, as much as we think of corporations as monolithic, they still employ people who, you know, for whatever reasons, disgruntlement or yeah. uh, just, like, the desire to feel like they are dangling pieces of information will occasionally just sort of let things slip because eh, let's have the fun on a lark. I'm not associated with this anymore, so I can get away with it. Maybe things happen. Yep. Leaks happen. People are people. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Since I'm not tracking the news beat, I don't usually follow them for games that I actually care about. So, yeah, I think for the case of both of us, we kind of went media silent for the most part on Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, for for a lot of games, like the more that I care about something, the less I want to hear about every minute detail that's like going to happen. Because like once I already care about it, like I'm done. I don't need to be marketed at more, and that's what most of it is. And leaks are just going to like spoil things that the, even the marketing doesn't want me to know about. Yeah. Like, I would rather just allow the game to unfold in its own context. I think the most I did was rewatch the Reclaim Your Throne trailer like 20 times a few days before it came out. Man, I love that game. Yeah. <coughs> Good times. Alright, and speaking of which, Budai says, I'm four hours into Final Fantasy XV at the moment, and the game is more beautiful and motion fully done. Uh, totally agree. Some yep. games look better in picks. Which games do you think really need to be seen in action to appreciate what it's doing, even if it's uh, other things than just graphics? Res comes to mind. Yeah, Res doesn't communicate at all well in screenshots. It looks like a Vectrex game in screenshots. <laughs> uh, like any Anything that really relies on complex animation doesn't really screenshot very well. Like... One of the things that's really striking about 15 is just the way that, like, when, when like, you change direction and, like, Noctis suddenly, like, sort of scrambles in the other direction and it looks very natural. And, like, it's it's not hyper-realistic, but it looks cartoony in a way that draws you in, looks yeah. good. And that's, that's sort of the thing for a lot of the really good animation in the game is that, like, it, it has a certain sort of, like the weight of human decision behind it and that's that the way i just phrased that is awful and stupid but it's like the thought like the sort of like not clumsy but like i have to think and like change the shift my weight and like turn all in this other direction it it looks good it does and there's a lot of little animations in the game that work really nice like some of the idle animations like as you're traveling in the car yeah Uh, i love I, i love that they have animations for them talking about things that the game like they they obviously can't script 
enough conversations to do every single uh, uh, car ride, but they they have animations that imply that the characters are talking about something so trivial that the game isn't even bothering to tell you what it is. (laughs) And so you get, like, things where, like, Prompto will get up and, like, turn around and, like, sort of, like, excitedly press against his seat and start just chatting with whoever happens. Like, Gladio might still be reading a book, but Noctis will turn towards them and start listening, and, yeah, it's really good. It's, yeah, it's... A lot of care went into the game. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a game that like limits its cast because it wants to make a sense of camaraderie between those very specific characters. Yeah, I think because of certain Final Fantasies with good large casts, we kind of at times forget how good a small focused cast can be. Yeah. Like there, there was an attempt to really tightly knit these four together, and so you bring in someone else, and it's suddenly like this isn't the dynamic. Like the dynamic was very much built around these four. I do like when uh, Gladys's sister is around, though. Yeah, Iris but, is really good. Yeah, Iris is great. And you can just be like you have like you have an entire quest. It's just walking around town with her. Super good. Mm. <sighs> Such a good so, and recording. Go play more Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's yeah. really like oh man. I I'm so I, I I am just sort of wondering how long it'll be until I break and buy the season pass. Yeah, that'll be soon for me. Uh, but I'm. <coughs> I've listened... just added in New Game Plus. Yeah. Um. Which I think is a first for a non sequel like. A, a mainline game that is not a sequel. Like, 10.2 has a new game plus, but, like, none of the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and I believe has a new game plus. Yeah. Which is uh, interesting. The, sound- <laughs> the soundtrack is great. I've been listening oh. to it, and I just bought... It's the collector's edition apparently didn't come with the whole thing. Uh, uh, Google Play has it for, like, 7 bucks. 96 oh, tracks. I just... I just bought that and they're gonna it's throw a, the heck out of that. It's a Yoko Shimomura soundtrack, so yeah, you know. So hints of Kingdom Hearts in there. Which I'm lot curious. lot of Kingdom Hearts in yeah. there. But Shimomura's like body of work <laughs> is about as good as any composer has ever had in the game industry. Like some of those classic Street Fighter Two themes, hers. Mm-hmm. Uh like Super Mario RPG, hers. Like really? tons of classic Square and Capcom games. Interesting. Just amazing, amazing output from like from start to finish. It's it's nuts. Yeah, and it really continues a streak of great soundtracks that I was worried was going to end after obviously the maestro himself left the series. But you know, it, yeah, we've continued on just fine. Yeah, no, they like it's it's different. Like there's there's a bit less there's you can see sort of like certain standards that used to be in every game sort of fall away, both as a combination of like the changing composer and the changing needs of the gameplay, but they like find weird ways to sneak them in. Like Prompto just like when it, when you finish a fight that went particularly well, he, he will hum the, uh, <laughs> the victory fanfare. Yeah. Which is just so good. There's just so many nice little hints and touches of classic themes which they had in uh, 13 as well, and obviously 14 has 
crazy. Fourteen as well. Soundtrack is terrifying and massive, but very good. <laughs> Fourteen but, itself yeah. is terrifying and massive. I mean, I've enjoyed the heck out but of it. But barely touched the content. So the best the best joke in the entirety of Final Fantasy Fifteen so far is Prompto singing, "I want to write my chocolate book <laughs> day." Yep. Like the thing about it is, uh, one of the things I love is that Final Fantasy XV characters react to chocobos the way that actual human beings react to chocobos when they see them in Final Fantasy games. Yeah, it's just that they that everyone loves them. It's just a question of how vocal they are about yeah. it, about it. It's great. It's so good. Oh man, like I could just I could rant about how much I love everything about like the personality and like heart of Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, and for days. It, I think the best way I can sum it up is despite really enjoying 13, everything, all the worries I had about the series after the end of that game just like washed away. Yeah, it's one of those things where like 13 has a lot of things I like, <laughs> but they're sort of built around something that in some ways can feel sort of manufactured. It's like an evolutionary dead end for the series. Yeah, like it, 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 it is impressive that they were able to cobble together a working game that is interesting and plays well. But it doesn't feel like something that could be reasonably evolved further. Right. And you sort of see that even in 13's own sequels, which go on weird tangent paths. Yep. But... Yeah, like 15, 15 feels like a game that they could build on, and like, if they wanted to, they could make this. This is the direction of the series now. Just uh, fine, and heck, they could even do like a open worldy game with turn based combat if they really wanted to. Yeah, like there's, like the other thing about it is that like, as is as tends to be the way of it, the games that Square makes with the intent of just. Like, we're going to make so many games in this world. Don't feel like games that can sustain tons of sequels. But 15 feels like it effortlessly could sustain building out mm -hmm. in a way that, like, something like the, the rest of, quote-unquote, Fabulanova Crystallis sort of grasps at. But, like, 15 just, like, you know, like, this feels like I could do more of this. There There is more <laughs> to this world and more of it that I want to see. And it doesn't even have to be directly related to what is happening here. I think yeah. I think the best comparison for me would be like um, Final Fantasy twelve, which already obviously pulled from an existing world, in yeah. that it focus since it focuses on like a smaller portion of a larger world, it leaves a lot of possibilities open. Whereas a lot of the older games, it's like well they kind of cover the whole that's... world and it's like well that's it. Third... Thirteen covered two <laughs> planets, so it had to start like going through time and then like you know like to build out from it, like, they had already covered, you know, everything that existed, and so they had to start going into, like, more metaphysical ways to explore things, but, like, Eos feels like a world that I could, like, it doesn't feel like I'm seeing all of this. Yeah. Oh, also, I you can, did you name your Chocobo wheels? I did not. Okay, I named mine, mine Rob Eos Speedwagon. <laughs> Well played. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta name you gotta name your joke about. And now I gotta think of a good pun. 
<laughs> I was so happy. Like, I spent a while trying to work out how much of REO Speedwagon I could put in there, and then I realized, wait a minute, EO Speedwagon, EOS, yes! Oh my god. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so send your best pun ideas to name my Chocobo to wheels at RPG. She's saying you can ride this Chocobo. Also, feel free to tweet them at Ask Wheels. That's right. Uh, or ask, ask, does Ask FM even exist anymore? It might, but I don't. Yeah. I think you have to log in to use it. So oh, yeah, don't, like, don't, that means no one will ever use it again. Yeah, don't do that. Don't don't waste your time with that. All right, all right. What do we got next? Oh, I thought I had some other thoughts on games that looked better in motion. Um, yes. So I wanted to mention that some 3DS games um, look better in motion with that 3D oh. effect in place that you can't really obviously you can't really uh, replicate in a screenshot or anything like that yeah yeah definitely it's kind of a <laughs> any system with like a unique display device is sort of like built to be awful at really conveying what it looks like in person yeah VR kind of has that issue uh, like for for what it for what little it was worth, the Virtual Boy has that issue. The Vectrex has that issue. The 3DS has that issue to a lesser extent. <coughs> yeah. The OLED screen on the uh, PS Vita, especially at the time, was like it, it was a better looking screen than screenshots really conveyed either. Just just proprietary display technology causes that inherently. Um, but individual games. I think a lot of cel-shaded games look better when you see them in motion actually playing them than they might necessarily do from screenshots and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of like things that look worse in motion. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. Uh that that new Crash Bandicoot game looks way worse in motion to me. Yeah. Some of those animations are just like Oh, oh, that's that's some bad use of squash and stretch. Old Mortal Kombat games kind of look worse in motion. Yeah, like when you get a when you get a shot of more of any digitized game, really, like a screenshot of a digitized game was hyper impressive, and then you see it move, and then you're like, oh, why Ugh. did this? What have you done? <laughs> uh, uh, Type Zero yeah. looked better in anything other than actually playing it. It looks kind of bad in motion, yeah, just it because does. like yeah. it has this weird filter applied to like the way that the camera moves that makes it really disorienting. Sorry, guys, we complain about Type Zero a lot, but it's kind of uh, mediocre. Like that, that, that game is hyper disappointing. It's probably the worst thing Hajime Tabata has ever worked on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like Type Zero's like weird camera blur that happens every time it moves makes it look hyper bad in motion. Do you forgive some of that because it was designed on the freaking PSP, or is that no? Because of that, yeah. There, are, like his previous PSP game was better. Like, <coughs> Crisis Core is a better oh, yeah. game than. Okay, well, there I didn't know he also did Crisis Core, so. Yeah. Shit. Like the the the, th <coughs> the only thing that's ever really worried me is that Type Zero is the game he made without Nomura looking over his shoulder. Yeah. I mean, but, think of it. Also, uh, Kingdom Hearts on PSP was freaking awesome. 
Yeah, again, Hajime Tabata director, creative <laughs> producer, uh, Tetsuya Nomura, they work yeah. well together. But, uh, yeah, like, that's a super, like, it, it's, Type Zero is such a weird game, and it doesn't, like, uh, it looks weird in motion. The animations are worse than those other games in motion. Yeah. Uh, going back to the thing that initially led us off onto FF15, it's just, like, the stilted animations look awful in motion, but really smooth animations. Like, something like Okami looks really good in stills, but looks even better in motion, just because the animation's really nice. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that's that's basically the. I'm, I try. I was trying to think of more RPGs, uh, but not much is coming to me at the moment. No. A lot of uh, <coughs> for another thing that like things that don't look great in motion, like a lot of really open-ended Western RPGs that have kind of stilted animations, like oh, screenshot yeah. really well because you see these giant open vistas and then you actually see characters moving them and it's like, oh, it's a dollhouse. Yeah. Uh, oh, Skyward Sword looks better in motion. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a good one. Especially flying around. Yeah, like the that flight looks amazing in motion. Uh, test release Shantai looks better in motion, which is oh, amazing man. because it also looks amazing in screenshot. <laughs> yeah, like it looks, it has a really good style to it in screenshots, and then you see it move, and it's like, oh, the style is built for animating, and it looks gorgeous. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, good friends at Way Forward that we don't actually know, but we consider them friends because they make good games. They do. <laughs> they do. Play Adventure Time. Uh, hey, Ice King, why'd you steal our garbage? Figured you were going to recommend Explore the Dungeon because I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I love that game, but... Um, I think it's a hard sell for a lot of people. Play Secret of the Nameless Kingdom. Yeah, that's a good one, too. It's like Link to the Past. Play that. <laughs> yeah, well, see, and then it's it's like Link to the Past, but not as good, whereas Ice King is like Zelda it's, 2, oh, it's only building actually on something good. That's, it's building on something that's better. So it, it's true, it's that. true. <laughs> kind of has the issue of living in something that casts a much longer shadow than Zelda 2, which... Game design-wise, Zelda 2 was very important, but, like, Zelda 2 by itself did not cast much of a shadow. Yeah. Anyway, uh, should we move on to the next question? Sure, sure. Alright. Um, do, does anyone remember or played Seaman for Dream... Uh, why? Seaman! Played Seaman for the Dreamcast. How important is experimentation for the video game industry? Man, Yute Saito. Do <laughs> you want me to talk about Yute Saito? I can talk about Yute Saito for a while. Sure. It's like Seaman. Uh, oh man, Seaman. Seaman is crazy, but like I love that it's so weird. Like I don't. It's not really a game I love playing, but like the concept of talk to a fish man and cause him to like become a different kind of fish man from talking to you is so weird that I kind of love it. He made like a GameCube pinball slash real time strategy game called Odama. I forgot that, about that. Odama had support for like a microphone so you could shout orders, the GameCube controller, <coughs> and the DK bongo drums so that a second player could plug those in and pound on them to like increase army morale. <laughs> like, 
uh, I think he made Aeroporter, which was one of the 3DS Guild games. Uh, and that's, like, probably the closest thing to a normal game he ever made. Think about that. But, yeah, like, Yut Saito definitely went for different things. I forgot that the PS2, like, Seaman 2 actually came out. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, no, it happened. I just, I thought that it had been cancelled, but now it came out, but only in Japan. Aww. But yeah, I, I appreciate, like, not even just, like, we, we mentioned evolutionary dead ends. I appreciate the exploration of evolutionary dead ends, because things like Seaman uh, or Odama never went anywhere. No one made more games like them. And, you know, it just, it always brings to mind, like, the, the Hunter S. Thompson quote, like, a high-powered mutant of some sort never even intended for mass production. <laughs> too weird to live and too rare to die. Like, <laughs> I, I, love, I love games that can be described by that, like, so, and sometimes, like, sometimes I hate, actually, the experience of playing the games, but, like, I, I do appreciate like radical reinvention like a game that was uncontent to merely be like other games resonance of fate comes to mind yeah triace does that a lot where yeah. it's like why use a system just because it's worked <laughs> yeah like everything about a lot of triace games is just like in absurdly complex systems that only vaguely draw on systems you've seen in other games. And so, like, why is moving around in Resonance of Fate like this weird unlock a hex grid? I don't know. Because it, because you've never seen it before. Because why not? Because exploring a map is boring. Let's make it not boring. There is no reason... Like, the, the thought process behind these sorts of games is that there is no reason to do something just because it's worked in the past. Yeah. Because you might find something that works even better, and you'll only find it if you're willing to completely rethink the paradigm from the ground up. Yeah. Like, you look at it, and it's like, why make a turn-based strategy game where your turns are absurd, like, parkour running and jumping around and shooting things like crazy? Cause Hero point! Why the heck not? <laughs> yeah, and like... Oh, you you want to be constantly swapping around characters' weapons? Why shouldn't they all get good at something? Yes, but that's that contributes to their overall level. You need yeah. them to be well rounded. Like, oh man, hasn't like I was gonna say like come up with weird things like this that did work. Like again, if we're gonna even just dig into Triace Valkyrie Profile, mm. which plays like nothing else on the market at the time, and and it had dungeons like, that were like a platformer, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that's why it was profile. It was the game was played in profile. Or sometimes you even just get weird fun things out of it, like Sega Gaga. Yep. Or like a lot, a lot <laughs> of Sega weird output at that time. Or like you get things that like have shown real influence, like uh, freaking Persona Three and Persona Three was like an attempt to look at like budget and how the JRPG was made and infuse elements of a genre that wasn't really associated with it and produce something that like played like nothing else and look at what that did it put them on the map yeah and you know even look at simple experimental things like Etrian Odyssey like let's take yeah. let's take a classic genre and like have it have you do something that 
you know, you'd probably do anyway, just have it in-game, like drawing a map. Yeah. Even though they could have just made it automatic, you know, I think the act of actually drawing the map is is very important to those games. You know, you, it, def- you, it defines their flavor. Yeah. I mean, I think I think in the most recent one you could set, have it just auto map, but um you can, but there is that tactile joy of feeling of of charting discovery yourself. Yeah, it's that and the element of have I misdrawn this map? <laughs> yeah. No. Or even just making weird notes to yourself to yeah. abuse yourself in the corner. It's it's if having not pl- if you haven't played it, you may not like realize you know how important that is to the game and to, mm. at least for me, how it completely revived my interest in those first person dungeon crawlers. And it kind of illustrates a lot of the issues with um, some of the other ones out there that stick rigidly to tradition. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, Wizardry Clones. We are not friends. Which one? We, wizardry, wizardry, wizardry Clones. We are uh, we are acquaintances. We are not friends. Wizardry not going to go back and play Darkspire again? I have not played Darkspire. Oh, I thought you'd played Darkspire. I thought that was one of the ones you got pissed off at. No, no, no. Our good friend Phil on... <laughs> uh, <laughs> on RPG Backtrack, Backtrack uh, is uh, the quote-unquote fan of that game. <laughs> put, we'll put air quotes around fan. Yes. That'll uh, make it clear what we mean. Yeah. But yeah, like... Uh, on the one hand, like, I do understand, like, the desire to not reinvent the wheel and to just, like, re uh, maybe rethink individual bits, but I do love the idea of just, like, taking no aspect of design for granted. Yeah. And... Because, like... That's also how you end up leaving behind bits of design that no longer have a place in your new, like, archetype. Yeah, and and then I want to make it say, like we're saying, experimentation is the only way to go. Taking existing ideas and just executing them exceptionally well is perfectly fine and produces some of the best games out there as well. It's just kind of both of these approaches are important and help help the genre grow. Like, you look at something like... Uh, the Legend of Heroes series, which doesn't exactly do anything new or revolutionary. It just executes on everything that makes the genre great exceptionally well. Yeah, like, Legend of Heroes, like, especially the recent ones, yeah. also also trades heavily on, like, it's trading heavily on being really good at fundamental things that, like, are so fundamental that we often don't even think about them. And, like, that's, like, world design. Yeah. Like, the, the Trails games have, like, wh- where, uh, you know, a lot of companies, we, we mentioned this last question, like, where a lot of companies have sort of uh, chased the idea of a series that you can set tons of products in. Like, Trails just naturally, oh, of course we're going to do more in this world. Like, we, we barely covered a single country. There's so much that could be here. And, like, Trails sort of does that in a way that few other games ever have. Yeah. And I'm very glad that it's a series that is here now and hopefully here to stay. Yeah. Uh, I believe we, like, they, they just showed off PS4 only uh, Cold Steel 3. Yeah. And though I l- lament not having that on a portable, um, PS4 makes it a more likely uh, 
go yeah, here well, in the west and we would not be getting it i i like that we won't be getting that game until at least 2018 yeah but i'm i'm doubtful <laughs> that there will be many publishers yeah. even hardcore publishers that can afford to be releasing a vita game in 2018 yeah. but that and really it's it's falcom it's it's the port machine if that shows up on switch i would not be surprised it'll probably show yeah. up yeah uh you know windows and play on a laptop so you know it's all good yeah Play it, play it, like, but, yeah, like, my, my only hope is that since, like, uh, oh, what do you call them? Xseed probably isn't getting the script to start localizing Cold Steel 3 until Cold Steel 3 is done. My only hope is that maybe they can use this time to work on, say, trail, like, Trails in the Azure, uh, Trails in Zero. That, like, would, that would be cool, but no. Get get me ease 8 and get me ease 8 now. No, like e is going to veins. happen, but they're waiting for the PS4 version of it. No, I don't care. I don't want to wait. Give it to me now. Like they're they're not going to release just the Vita version. <laughs> Take my money. Why do you think they passed on publishing Tokyo Xanadu? It's like, oh, well, we're waiting for the PS4 version of that. Are they doing the PS4 version of that? Uh, I don't know, but like uh, I'm just saying, like another yeah. company picked up Tokyo Xanadu. I have no idea what's happening with the uh, PS4 version, but uh, like I would imagine that's the reason they hadn't done it. It's like they can't justify just translating a gigantic Vita-only script. Um, maybe, but I also when I saw that, thought maybe they just kind of tapped out. <laughs> like who knows? I'm just saying, like that would be my personal guess. Yeah. It makes sense. I think they essentially have right of first refusal on Falcom games. Yeah. I'm sure uh, Axis will do a fine job. They did a great yeah, job no. with uh, Sheeran. Yeah, I have. I don't begrudge Axis at all. No, I'm very glad that not. someone picked it up. It's just, I, I feel like it's one of those situations where someone had to say no before someone else could say yeah, yes. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, no. yeah, like, I, I would like. Uh, I, I want East Eight, of course, and I suspect that we will get both versions of it. But at the same time, like, yeah, that you know. giant, that giant hole in, of Legend of Heroes is. We need those because we've got Legend of Heroes Six, and we've got Legend of Heroes Eight. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Did were those Legend. ever ported? What what are those even on? I mean, it's, uh, it's PC, PC, PSP, PS Vita. So those are on Vita, so... Yeah, the Vita versions are, like, considered the definitive versions. They're referred to as, like, Oh and Zero no Kiseki Evolution. And, like... They they, uh, they they fully dubbed the games, which probably would not survive into a uh, English release, because that would be really expensive. Okay, so there's only two parts of that, too. Yeah, like, uh, it's it's two parts... So I, I could see that happening, even the Vita version, since it's on Windows as well. You know, they can. Yeah, yeah, like it did come out on PC. Yeah, so can definitely see that happening at some point. Wait, that's super weird. Zero came out on PC, but oh, it does not seem to have come out on PC. Uh, it says on Wikipedia it did. Oh, that's what I'm looking at. Like I'm looking at Wikipedia, and I don't see a PC release of oh. Oh well, maybe it's, like, maybe it's just lumping them together. I don't know. It's possible. It's, oh yeah, I don't. You're right. I don't see it. I see release dates for the first game for 
three platforms and just PSP and Vita for the second game. Like it's like it wouldn't be the first time that they commissioned a new port, <coughs> but like really, I, I would hope. Oh, it was ported to PC for release in China, apparently. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm sure. Uh, Exceed. They would probably it. commission a new port anyway, but yeah. <laughs> which they've done with some games already, so that's fine. And yeah. Were they? I think they may have even been behind the port of uh, East yeah, Origins for Vita. And yeah, uh, I, Vita and PS4, right? Yeah, it's Vita and PS4. I think. Okay. But I, I think like the port of like Trails in the Sky, like first or second chapter on Steam, was not the original PC version, but like something that they did yeah. something to. <coughs> so. Like, it wouldn't be a new frontier for them to port a Trails game to the PC for for the Western release. Not at all. But, yeah. Uh, well, we already went well afield. Maybe we should just jump right in. Yeah, I got, I got completely <laughs> lost. Let's, let's move on. Maybe put some music in here. Yeah, yeah let's do a musical break. All right, you chipmunks. Ready to sing your song? I'll sing the song. Yeah, let's sing it now. Okay, Simon? Okay. Okay, Theodore? Okay. Okay, Alvin? Alvin? Alvin! All right, so let's move on to our next question, which is, do you think we will see a console Monster Hunter soon? If so, would it most likely be a Switch version or PS4? Switch. <laughs> uh, Switch, but I think we're going to see the next one on... The next one's going to be a 3DS game. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the next one, and I don't even mean... Uh, the hell is the next one? Generations Triple X or whatever the hell they're called. What? <laughs> it's, uh, that sounds filthy. It's actually Double Cross. Okay. With two X's. But Triple X sounds hilarious. Please, no. Please, stop. It could be a tie-in to the new Triple X movie. Oh, man. Triple X, the return of Xander Cage. Is that really his name? Xander yeah. Cage? That's terrible. <laughs> what did you think? It was the movie called... I don't know. It's just fucking stupid. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, uh, we're on the podcast. Yeah. We've never how, done that How before. many do we get? I forget. Uh, I believe it's three before we, uh, like, breach the threshold of a PG-13 language. Yeah, uh, I don't want to waste any more of them right now. <laughs> anyway, so... Um... Yeah, I... I think Monster Hunter 5 is going to be 3DS. Uh, it's too early for them. For Capcom. They'll be hedging their bets on yeah. Switch. It's such an important series that Capcom needs to be very careful on, you know, where they put the next entry in that series. So uh, I'm sure they're going to take their time and see where things go and not jump on one platform or the other. Up next, Monster Hunter 5 for Android and iOS. Yep. I really don't want to be right. Yeah, I don't think you're right. I don't think I am either, but yeah. I don't want to think about it either. Yeah. 
<coughs> but yeah, I think for for me, uh, after five, actually, not necessarily even after five. I think they may go like five on 3ds with the Switch port. Yeah, like they they like to. T- I would it would make sense to test the waters. Yeah. I, I don't really see, like, PS4 as a viable option at the moment, just because it's like, have you seen how that thing sold in Japan? Yeah. Like, it's it's a viable option for things that are primarily Western-focused, but... It's still, it's still, despite the recent success in the West, it is still a very big <coughs> Japanese series, so... Yeah. Like the the primary focus is what will make Japan happy. Right. But hey, maybe we'll get... Maybe Dragon Quest XI will set a precedent and it'll come out on all three. That would be cool. That would be cool. It won't happen, but it would be cool. Yeah. (laughs) Alright. Moving on. Mario World is the greatest game ever made. Discuss. It is. Well, maybe, but it's my favorite Mario. No, Mario Three is better. Yeah, oh, do we have? I don't want to have this fight. It's not even an RPG. <sighs> Listen, man. One of them has the raccoon tail, and one of them does not. Listen, man. One of them has the cape, and the raccoon ca- tail is garbage. Wow. Them's fighting words. Guess what? I've had this fight so many times. I'm so upset that we're having this fight. No, Mario World is better. It's fine. Um, wow, that that ended fast. <laughs> I mean, I've played way more Mario World. I, I so here's the thing. So, um, I did play a lot of Mario Three, but we kind of got rid of the NES. Not super. Long like it was after. in its dying days by that point. Yeah, it was like so... 1990. <coughs> I kind of always had like this weird nostalgia for the game because I don't think we even I don't think we even had like our own copy of Super Mario All Stars, so I like uh. didn't have access to the game for the longest time. So you know, in my mind, it became like the greatest Mario and kind of like the one that I missed out on a lot. Even though you know, obviously we got Mario World and played the ever living crap out of it. So <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a large and awesome game. Uh, Mario World is like when I think if someone asks me like to think about Mario, like Mario World is what comes to mind. Yeah, I can't, I cannot even discuss it reasonably. Also, not an RPG, so we probably shouldn't go too at length about it. But yeah, I don't care. It's Mario. Everyone loves Mario, right? Mario's so good. All right, all right. Let's see. What else do we got? <coughs> Do, do, do. Um, Budai put something on YouTube which I did not review beforehand, so we're going to skip that one and save it for another time. Yeah. Um, have you seen the free roguelike on PS4 by Suda51 called Let It Die? I have not. Have you? Yes, I have, because of course <laughs> I have, because me. Yes. Uh, it's interesting. It's like Suda51, it's a grasshopper manufacturer game. And the, the general, like, way that Grasshopper Manufacturer is covered is in the sense of, oh, this is related to Suda51. But Suda51, so far as I can tell, had very little to do with Let It Die, uh, other than that it was made by the same company that he works at. Yeah. Uh, like, but it's it's interesting. It is semi-randomly generated. It's actual, like, 
style of play is very obviously Dark Souls influenced, and it has like very much Grasshopper Manufacturer's sense of humor, like Grim Reaper riding around on a skateboard, uh, yelling at you. He like you're you're suddenly like his favorite of the people that are wandering around this post-apocalyptic world doing like wrestling moves on each other. <laughs> And so, like, Uncle Death here decides to, like, give you a shot and tell you about, like, how this world works and all that. It's it's interesting. The free-to-play bit doesn't seem too obnoxiously implemented. Like, if you have a PS4, give it a shot. It's interesting. Like, it's not like you're losing much on the transaction. Mm. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. <coughs> and Uncle Death is a very, like, fun character to watch. Just, like just being obnoxious all around a scene. So. <laughs> all right. uh, well-written, charmingly voice-acted. Nice. Gameplay systems seem pretty solid, if a little janky, as you would expect. It's good stuff. Nice. All right. I'll have to check that out. That sounds cool. Uh, didn't you meet Suda51? Yes, yes, I did. I took a picture with him. That's right. And he was uh, he was a cool dude. Like he was uh, he was, like I just bum rushed him at the end of a uh, PAX panel, and like he starts like looking for something to sign, and then I just like hold up my phone and say, "Can I get a selfie with you?" And he's just like, he was very good at selfie face. <laughs> like you put him in front of a camera, and he knows what to do. Yeah, just playing his games. That- can't imagine him being anything but a cool dude. <coughs> He's a... And I, uh, in the uh, previous like Q and A section, I confused him about a piece of media that was reported on in the West, but never seems to have, like, as far as any as he was able to recall, didn't actually exist. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. So that happened. Uh, Pseudo51's cool. Please play his games because he is, like, we were remiss in not bringing up radical experimentalism as it relates to Pseudo51. Play some No More Heroes. No More Heroes is, like, the the marriage of, like, Pseudo51 to, like, the most... It's not not creative game design, but it is the most easy-to-parse game design that Mm. he has ever done. Uh, and also Lollipop, Lollipop Chainsaw. Surprisingly like, crazy and good. Oh, uh, yeah, that was <coughs> fun. Oh, Mickey, what a pity you don't understand. <laughs> oh, man, I love the part where they just start playing Pac-Man Fever in the background. <laughs> that one's also got James Gunn uh, was involved in that game's script, so if you were a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Yes. Then, uh, I you hope, know. Uh, I hope everyone listening to this was, or we will have words. We will have know. words. Yeah, but yeah, no, like Pseudo Fifty One and James Gunn is like a super weird uh, combination. But yeah, it's it's a very interesting, uh, very. Uh, it's it's what you sh- if you know the styles of both of them then it's probably what you should expect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's, uh... Yeah, Smollipop Chainsaw is very good. (sighs) Alright. Let's see, what do we got next? Since we're going off of RPGs again. (laughs) 
yeah, we just keep doing that. When you think of a poorly it's balanced... To make an RPG. It's true. When you think of a poorly balanced RPG, what comes to mind? The ending... Shadow Madness. The ending of Final Fantasy 10... 13-2. I must have said 10-2. 13-2. Yeah, no, 10-2 is fairly, fairly brisk, but uh, 13-2. But yeah, for me, it's Shadow Madness, because you, uh, you can hit the level cap within two hours. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no one has played Shadow Madness. It's not very good. Uh, it, its main claim to fame was that it was a FF7 knockoff with a script written by Ted Woolsey, initially in English. Uh, but outside of some cute moments in that script, it's completely awful. It's incredibly fugly. And again, like it has a level cap of 15. <laughs> wow. But it has like a leveling... Cur- like It's not like a D&D RPG where like you know it has like a leveling curve where that's sustainable like it's just your leveling curve is about what it is in a normal rpg you can reach that cap in like two hours damn and like it still has as many spells as you would have in an rpg that like reaches max level at 99 so you get like you'll all of your mage characters will get like five spells every level and none of the spells have any definition as to what they do Nice. You just have to use them. Very nice. It's what could go ups. wrong? Other than everything. <laughs> it's absurd and not good, and don't play it, even for curiosity. <sighs> I'm trying to think of like other unbalanced RPGs. Uh, just 13-2. 13-2's unbalanced. Uh... It's like Kodelka doesn't really work. <sighs> I don't know that how many people have actually played Kodelka. Probably that many. Uh, yeah, Shadow Hearts Zero Kodelka. It tries to be kind of a half survival horror, half RPG, and it tends to just be really obnoxiously hard. Um, I, like those are two genres that are very dangerous to mix. <laughs> And I appreciate the attempt, but Kodok is incredibly unfun. Um, I'm gonna like. There will be one Kodok fan in our audience, and they will be upset at me, and I'll and I'll cop to the fact that I'm not very good at it. So, um, let's see. Badly balanced RPGs. If you don't know how to play D and D, any D and D based RPG. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to play D and D. Baldur's Gate is impenetrable. Uh, I had to play like the enhanced edition on narrative mode to get anywhere. Let's see, um, the original version of Etrian Odyssey One has. Uh, I, I hate to bring it up, but it definitely has some major balance issues at the end. Uh, that, uh, a lot really of early experimental RPGs, especially ones that have like a lot of skill trees to invest in, yeah. have issues where like skill trees sound. <laughs> this skill tree sounds useful when we concept it, and then you actually practically experience it and it's like this is there's so few situations where this skill tree is yeah. this part of the skill tree is useful yeah but etrian odyssey one especially you basically need one set of skills to have any chance at the final boss which is annoying yeah and it's it's not completely unfixable but at the same time it's one of those situations where it's like uh well early days yeah Thankfully, That'll happen on, that happens a lot with games with like skill trees or feet systems. Yeah. Thankfully, that is not an issue that has plagued the series. 
I'm just thinking of like games where like you'll get entire stat blocks that don't mean much. And I'm not even talking about situations like Final Fantasies one through seven, which almost all have at least one stat that doesn't work. Yeah. But I mean, even just like stats that do have an in-game effect. It's just that because of the actual plot that you're going through, they almost are never useful. Uh, a lot of Bioware's games will have, like, a lot of Bioware's earlier games would have stuff that you would want to have on a party member, but putting it on the main character was very, it was a very little utility. Uh, like, it's important to have someone who can, but it generally isn't important that your main character can. Mm. That sort of thing. It's interesting, like... (laughs) Then then again, the dump stat is a well-known phenomenon, so... Uh, (sighs) I think what else? (coughs) Unlimited Saga maybe will be unbalanced. I don't really know. It's hard to tell because it takes forever (laughs) to figure out how to play the game. Yeah, a lot of of Saga games will have, like, not so much unbalanced, but, like, it's poorly signposted what characters are good for a player who doesn't know how to play the game yet. (laughs) Because, like, you start up Saga Frontier and decide you're going to play as loot, and suddenly the entire game has gotten more confusing. Like, a, a, a confusing game has become the most, like, debilitatingly weird experience imaginable. <laughs> like, that's that's always something that... Uh, that's worth looking into. Like, just... Uh, yeah. Like, it's not really that the game is unbalanced, but it doesn't present how its balance works. Uh... Alright. <sighs> that's, that's it for uh, obvious unbalanced bits that come to mind. If you want us to expound on particular bits of unbalancedness... Oh, hey, speaking uh... of that... <laughs> Budai says, I was listening to an old RPG backtrack, and both of you agree Tales of Fantasia was a lousy game. I totally oh. agree. It's my least favorite Tales. What is yeah. the best and worst Tales, in your personal opinion? Like, Fantasia I don't enjoy, but Legendia is my least favorite. <laughs> yeah, um... Tales of... Tales of uh, God, I don't even remember his name. Is it, it going to so be bad. The Tempest? Yep, that's, a, that's the one. That game is trash. At least it's trash short. City. At least it's only like 12 hours long. Well, I mean, if if they made it any longer, it would cause like emotional distress in people. For how yeah, but it was. like, like Tales of Legendia is like 60 hours long. Yeah, it's and it's it's bought from start to finish. That game hurt you good. That oh man, that game, that game. <laughs> I think I think one of the first things that Wheels ever had to hear me rant about was playing Tales of Legendia. It's true. It's oh man, I don't I don't enjoy that. My favorite's probably still like Grace's F. Yeah. I mean, we can you can forgive We're a both lot. Both Team Destiny fans. You can forgive <laughs> a lot of Fantasia because of you know the era and kind of trying new things to some extent. So yeah, I'll, I'll never stop. Like you'll never hear me not point out that Tales of Fantasia is based off a book that didn't come out, and there's yeah. a reason that no one wanted to publish that. Uh, yeah, and but... 
think we used to like to find any reason to bash on Tails fans and their favorite stupid fantasy. And there are some people that think that's the best Tails. And it I've heard some people <laughs> proclaim that the only good one, and that's bizarre to me. I just I don't understand. But like, Tails fans have been good lately. I don't want to bash any Tails yeah, they fans. They haven't given us reason to dump on them for a while. I <coughs> nope. talked to a per- I talked to a person who waited five years for the Vesperia PS3 translation and was like, "Wow, that was a waste of my time." <laughs> but it's kind of a golden age of Tails right now. We're getting them all. We're finding we're finding out that we're getting them super ahead of time. Yeah, we're getting Vesperia next month. You can play. Um, Syria is being sent to die against Resident <laughs> Evil 7, but it's fine. You can play Tales games on your computer from Steam. Uh, they may be terrible ports, I don't know, but I've they heard are they're there. And, and that includes Tales of Symphonia Chronicles, so... Yeah, from what I... From a few days ago, like, Indigala was selling Tales of Zestiria for 12 and a half bucks, and apparently... They weren't mentioning it, but I saw tweets saying, oh, and if you buy that, they're also giving you Tales of Symphonia as a code as well. Nice. I was just like, wow, (laughs) weird. And we even got a certain Vita Tales. Yeah. That's not the worst, but it makes me the saddest. (laughs) Especially when I mention, hey, the best is Tales of Hearts DS. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's Grace's effort, Hearts DS. Yeah. It's a close call. Uh, I love those games. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, like it's, you can dump on Fantasia again if anyone wants. Yeah, but didn't I, you get the Narakiri Dungeon Cross version? I did. I don't know why. I did. I still have it. I still can't believe the <laughs> game got ported to PSP twice. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Legendary RPG embellished with voice. There were a lot of random Tales games on PSP. In fact, I went to go look and I was like, so these, many got ported. These are probably thing. worth some money. I should probably offload some of these and they're selling for dirt. Yeah, like they <laughs> made tons of them. Yeah. Like like both in terms of they released tons of Vita, not Vita, PSP Tales games and they released like uh, they they made tons of copies of each of them. They're all like yeah. uh, PlayStation the best titles in Japan as well. Yeah, this is seeking this is really the golden age of Tales, so if you've had a, if any interest in diving into the series, now is the time to do it. Yeah, there will be, there's some, ver- oh man, I can't, I, I'd like to point out, I literally forgot that the Exilia games existed. Because <laughs> I was thinking of like, Tales of Graces F, okay, what's the next game? Oh, Zestiria, wait, no, there are two games in between those, and I forgot they happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were, I don't know. They're, they they are stopgap sorts of games to yeah. me. And but hey, Exilia One sold like hotcakes for yeah. some reason. And full disclosure, I've not actually played Zestiria yet. Yeah, all. Zestiria is frustrating because like. And I bought its absurd collector's edition, so you know. Like Zestiria is frustrating because <laughs> like, its actual gameplay systems are really good, but its plot is really directionless and its cast is kind of weak. Yeah, that's a shame. But, like, it's still worth playing, especially, again, if you see it for cheap. Like, it's a really interesting game, and hopefully Berseria fixes some of it. Because Berseria is much... is probably the most directly related uh, Tales game to follow on its immediate predecessor. Like, Berseria is 
in the same world as Zestiria and takes place at a different time. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like it's 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 weird. Uh, out January twentieth. I hope that it it fixes some of my issues. If it has like a better, essentially central plot and characters, then I'll be hopefully mad down. <laughs> and the series is doing well. It's doing well in the West. So yeah. <sighs> it keeps happening. Yeah, I'm gonna stay they up. keep not they keep releasing PS3 versions for Japan and PS4 and PC versions for America. Yeah. Sorry, it's time to upgrade, guys. If you're Persona Five, will still be there for you, but not yeah. much else. If you're clutching to that PS3, it's it's time to move on. I don't. Well, of Go course, I don't. Pick need... up a PS4, Tales yeah. of Berseria, and Yakuza Zero. You can plug them both into the same TV. You can have both. It's okay. PS4s are down to like two hundred two hundred dollars if you get the right deals. So, like. It's it's still, you know, like, you don't want to just blow through on things, but there's a lot of good stuff on the yeah. system now. So. I got all three in my entertainment center, which is super cool. Four, Wait, a PS3, two. a PS4, and what? PS2. Oh, man. Yeah, I still have a PS... I still have two PS2 sitting around, a Japanese one and an American one. I should get, uh... Oh, man, I should just, for the hell of it, get a original PlayStation 1 just to throw in there. And leave yeah, it up, never... leave it upside down at all times. Just like so, just like <laughs> back in the day. Is what yeah. You're saying. God, uh, that was a terrible piece of hardware. Like reliability did not. It still really isn't like a thing that I really like know Sony for in terms of hardware. Yeah. Like I'll accept that like. You know, like the 360 was a less reliable piece of hardware, but like PS1, PS2, and PS3, none of them are hardy pieces of hardware. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing can touch the 360. Though. My God. Eight, my eight, my freaking disc one of Lost Odyssey. It's okay. You have a free Lost Odyssey now. It's true. And it ate my disc one, and then Microsoft Export was like, "Oh, you'll have you, you have to contact the publisher that came to get a replacement." You mean us? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. That was that was not a fun tech support call. <laughs> Especially, I think then you know I'm like, uh, "You're the publisher," and then I think after that they were like, "We can give you uh, what the hell did they say?" can give you Blue Dragon. <laughs> it was something or the car game. Not the name of the car game. They said the car game. And Probably Forza Motorsport 2 at that time? I, I don't even know. At that point it was like, I would in very much enjoy talking to a manager now. <laughs> I would like the game that I, uh, that I purchased that you took from me. And, and you know, uh, oh my god, you know what the best part of this tech support experience was? What? So I, I did the initial call, went through my whole problem, they listened, you know, I had to be like, no, I'm not going to run through your uh, list of troubleshooting steps because I don't want to put another disc in my 360. After all that, they were like, oh, our systems are down, you'll have to call back again tomorrow. After all wow. the explaining. And, you know, they obviously weren't recording any of this information. Oh, God.
I did eventually get my replacement discs. I think they oh, sent something. me a whole new copy of the game, so that was good. Didn't you eventually order like a European <laughs> version that had better, like that had a better solution for the fourth disc? Oh no, I bought a Japanese copy of the game. Ah, uh, it was Japanese. Yeah, it, which yeah has a very nice case. And now they've given away copies to everyone. Download that if you have yeah. an Xbox of some stripe. So now I can just leave those games, those discs, safely archived in that nice case. Yeah, like pur- purchase the like download that like don't even purchase because yeah, you're not paying free. for it. Download that. And Blue Dragon is available to purchase don't. as well now. Don't yeah <laughs> play Lost Odyssey. Don't. Or um you know while you're on your Xbox One just go play Recore instead. Oh man. Poor neglect. Yo Wheels is copy of Recore. He has like five. <laughs> <coughs> it's not. It's not entirely accurate. I, I do have a statue which is about four times larger than I thought it would be. <laughs> like, did you not look at the dimensions, or? No, it's just like looking at the picture. It's like, oh, this, you know, this will be cool. It'll sit like right next to these Dark Souls statues. <laughs> Why did you just make an assumption of how large it would be? That's foolish. <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun. It, it arrived and it was in this giant box. I'm like, oh dear. Have it battle your Noctus. I don't have the Nocta set up yet. Oh, man. I have to duel for supremacy. Yeah. That's a good idea, though, because I think it's about... I think I believe the Playarse is about as tall as this figure, so I could... Throw, okay, we're going... I've done something awful. <laughs> what are we talking about again? Uh, I believe we were talking... I don't know where this started. <laughs> what are we talking about, Tails? What the hell did we uh, end up here? Why didn't we start? To, I, oh, we started talking about like things being available, and then somehow Lost Odyssey happened. Where am I? What are we doing? What am I even talking about anymore? Is this a, uh, is this a TV show? What have you done to us, Budai? Uh, what haven't we done to ourselves? <laughs> All right, he's got one more question for us, which is kind of already answered in the thread, but uh, do you think saga games with Shichi pick a character story usually have what would be considered the normal or default story and other characters that would be considered the more bizarre and experimental stories? I think you'd have to you have to sort of deal with the fact that you're looking at saga for your standards of what's considered normal, so you yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no, and Gaijin chimed in the thread to kind of point out some examples. Hmm. Um, you know, some of them that are kind of just like wider, like you, like you mentioned before, loot, where it's just like all over the place, but... <laughs> loot has basically <coughs> no story at all. Just wander into a final dungeon, hope you leveled, you did enough side quests to be actually capable of taking yeah. it on. I'm going to say not really, and by design. Yeah, like... Saga exists to challenge norms. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I think the most I could say is whoever you pick kind of will feel like the main character of that story, but yeah, I don't really think anyone's ever going to feel like the overall main character. Cause... That's kind of the point of having like the ones with multiple main characters. Is, yeah. like, there shouldn't be a main character. There should be 
stories that are told within this weird, yeah. weird, weird world. Yeah. Southern Frontiers is <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Very weird. And But all the stories are supposed to feel important and distinct on their own. So... Yeah, I think and by the design, fact that they cut want... out the character who was supposed to tie them together makes it even more so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rip and fuse. Mm. Listen, I'm going to talk about Saga Frontier at any given opportunity. Yeah, I mean, if you really want your own specific character, go play the original Game Boy games. Make your own. Except 3. Don't play 3. Play Saga 3DS. We still have some right yet. So some left, right? For fuck's sake, don't play the wow. third game. <laughs> Unless it's the remake. Two. Oh, such a disappointing game. Uh, played Saga 3DS. Yeah, those are that's good. What, that's what good people do. Those are the fan translations. But uh, buy yourself a copy. Yeah. Show some sports. Buy Saga Scarlet Grace. Show yeah. some sport. Uh, yeah, I guess it is kind of an expensive, expensive import. See, you know, the funny thing about the 3DS being region locked, and I guess the kind of nice thing if you actually have a Japanese 3DS, is the import prices are very nice. <laughs> I don't mark up that much. Yeah. So, region, region locking, I guess, has one advantage, other than the fact that you have to buy a whole separate system. Listen, I bought <laughs> one for Super Robot Wars games and Daigyakuten Saiban games. Listen, I bought one for Dragon Quest, and the most important ones came out here anyway. And I am left with disappointment. <laughs> It, well, it, well, uh, I, I've got Dragon Quest Joker three now, at least Dragon Quest Monsters Joker three, at least. And listen, you can still play Terry No Wonderland. I don't want to. I it's I wanted bad. I wanted to beat that game and do an import review, and I just it's so boring. Wow, harsh. It's it's bad. It's the, trans- the fan translation just came out, by the way. I don't care. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry for everyone that wasted their time on that pointless effort. (laughs) (laughs) I am reminded of the general reaction I saw to Caravan Heart. Yeah, uh, it's not a good... The the Dragon Quest Monster series is not good, people. And yet you just said, oh, hey, at least I can play Joker. Well, the the Joker games are good, and that's why the, like, two especially... Like, I played that, and it's like, oh, you're trapped on this island, and it's like this almost weird lost X... Lost... Is, lost lost X, S thing. Yes, lost S type thing, and it was really cool, and 3 is nice, and really, the first one isn't too bad. But, I mean, you go back and look at the original Game Boy games, and they're not good. They're not good. They Game Boy games. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to say, try and say, like, oh, they were Game Boy games, like, so was freaking Pokemon. And it was awesome. And it's still awesome. <laughs> like, even remade, the original two Dragon, Dragon Quest Monster games are terrible. And this is just causing you to vomit forth the <laughs> anchor at an astounding rate. Well, I, wa- I wasted money in... I have 
imported and played so many bad fucking games. Oh, God. Okay, no more F-bombs. Okay. We're going into the R-rated section. Like, if you ever... if I, I know there's a lot... I, I understand <laughs> that there are many special gems that have never been localized, but not every freaking unlocalized game is a special, awesome gem that we were horribly deprived of. Some of them are just boring or terrible or just stupid. <laughs> I can't stop laughing because usually it's me that's just flipping out. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but I mean, honestly, I've started importing less games just because of, you know, this fact. Just <sighs> Sometimes they just aren't good. Yes. And yeah, like I said, I know I understand there's lots of unlocalized awesomeness out there. Um, like Seven Dragon Twenty Twenty. Um, I guess not I think so all. Much. I think both of those are fan translated at this point. Yeah, at least the first one is. Um, you know, there's there's some cool stuff, but I mean, as much as I enjoyed someone it, someone wastes their time fan translating Digimon World Redigitized. Uh, I mean, as as much as I enjoy Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2, that game did terrible things for the franchise in the West. And people that, you know, whine and moan that we didn't get these god-awful remakes of terrible Game Boy games are just out of their minds. Do you, do you have any Do you have any concept of the damage that would have been done to the series in the West if those games had come out here and massive advertising dollars had been you know <laughs> spent plunged, plunged down the toilet trying to force feed those games to people they can't even get us to buy dragon quest 7 i mean at least we're getting eight i'm excited for that please purchase that in january did i mean do we have any idea how seven did because uh the only thing i heard was the month immediately following it was sales disappointment <laughs> Uh, well, alright. I don't know. But that didn't stop them from announcing Dragon Quest Heroes 2 for English release? Yeah. Which was weird. <laughs> like, in the wake of that, you're like, yes, more! <laughs> so they said sales disappointment, or did, like, outside people say sales disappointment? That's, just, that's what I'm I wondering. I can't remember who like actually said it I'll look it up while you dance for them say something <laughs> I mean really it could have just been like a that game is kind of just like a goodwill carrot to the fans I guess but and then I'm gonna go right back to my rant and say that guys we <laughs> miss out on mostly freaking mediocrity for the love of god I, like I know when we went into our long rants about how how sad it was that Dragon Quest 7 and Dragon Quest 8 were kind of in limbo in the West. you know. Okay, the numbers we heard were about 35,000 units in the first month. Well, I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not like the tail... I haven't seen like the price. That's usually an alarm bell for me when the price like just goes... <clears throat> which I haven't seen it done, and it was it was back-ordered in a while for Amazon, so... Yokai Watch 2, uh, for comparison, in two days, sold 35,000 copies. 
That's that's promising. Hmm. Sweet. But yeah, hopefully, like they had their reservations about how much they expected it to sell. Oh sure, and I think Dragon Quest Eight will be an easier sell just because it's a better looking game. Better looking game with voice acting in it. Yep. Uh, <sighs> so, yeah, we did not miss out on much, people. <coughs> you know, the the slime, the rocket slime game, sure, but no one bought the first one. So, what did you expect? Yeah, I wish we uh, got honestly, it. Honestly. It, when when no one bought the original Rocket Slime, that uh, immediately doomed any such sequel. So, you know, I, I really yeah, that game was in bargain bins for yeah, years. I, I really don't want to hear complaints about that not, not coming over because n- uh, many people none of you people bought it either. <laughs> many people that are complaining probably bought it from the bargain bin. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you weren't gonna, like. That's the thing is like these, these like weird or like unsix like games that we don't see localized. Like a lot of times, it's because like previous things that were in the milieu like didn't sell until they were marked down to bargain ba- bargain basement prices. Yeah, like if you if you're wondering why it took so long for us to get another sharing game, I think the answer should be pretty obvious. Or even like even even like big name things like the mother games like Earthbound. Like, copies of that are now, like, infamously expensive, but, like, you'll hear all sorts of stories about how, like, oh, yeah, I picked up a copy for $20 in 2000 because no yeah. one wanted to sell remaindered Super Nintendo stock at that stage. <laughs> yep. And, as you know, we've already discussed why we didn't get more Dragon Quest monsters, and Dragon Quest X didn't come over for uh, more obvious reasons. Like, all, hideously all, obvious reasons. Yes. Like, all, Square... Square was already br- putting one unsuccessful MMO yeah. on life support at that point. And I mean, you look at it as soon as something didn't, as soon as we hit a game that didn't have an obvious reason to not come over, Dragon Quest Heroes. My God, what happened? It did come over, and you know, uh, obviously, you know, it took us. Some sort of got really angry at the end. Yes. Um, <laughs> obviously, there's. I, I'm not quite sure what took Dragon Quest Seven so long to come here because I really think, as we discussed in the past, that that should come a lot earlier. Yeah. And, and especially if we got it instead of certain Square Enix RPGs, we got instead, which shall remain nameless, because because I don't want to bash on I don't want to jump into bashing in different series, so I'll just do it like offhandly. Obliquely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. I'm just like thinking about let's let's think about something that's happy. Let's think about FF15 for just a couple And Saga Scarlet Graces. And how did we even get down this road? I don't what know. Did I you do? got really <laughs> you got furious. What have we Just talking about localized games and whatnot. And, yeah, yeah, that happens. Localization brings out the ire in both of us. Yeah. Marketing data, basically marketing analysts in spirit. Damn it all. It's all your fault that we didn't get those two Saga DS games. Wait, how is it my fault? No, not you, I'm talking to the listeners. It's probably our fault too, but... Yeah, probably. (laughs) 
to a lesser extent. But I bought the Final Fantasy remakes on 3DS or DS and enjoyed them. Yeah, I bought three and then never got around to four. But then I bought four on the uh, PSP, and that's a uh, that's a good version of original FF4. But don't play any of the other things packaged with it, please. For the love, of, for the love of God, don't play <laughs> Final Fantasy for the interludes. That's right, and that now there's a three a three D version of the. There's a three D version of the after you. Oh, the after. But not of the interlude. Nothing else has ever contained the interlude. So it's sh- only in the complete collection. Should we play the after years? No. Okay. No, for God's sake, no. So we should play the three D after years. What? Gross. <laughs> You're a sin upon my household. <laughs> Go back to playing Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. My God, no. No. Listen, you don't get to complain. You made me play Bubsy. Fine, I guess that's a fair point. Didn't I I also buy you the copy of Bubsy? Yes, you sent me a copy of Bubsy 3D. You might as well have sent me a knife. (laughs) A knife that can only stab me. That would have been kinder, I think. (laughs) Uh... (sighs) That game made me like video games less for, like, a month. <laughs> like, I played that, and then, like, every time I thought about playing video games for a month afterward, it was just like, ah. That, remi- that reminds me of Mugen Souls, because after I played that, I was, like, just playing, like, nonstop first-person shooters and anything that wasn't an RPG. I just RPG don't want to play uh, RPGs anymore. No, it's just like, I'm done. Mugen Souls poisoned the well <laughs> so so efficiently. I'm done. turn brings combat system? F off. No way. Uh, we we got some senioritis for this year, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, uh, try to pre- prevent myself from going off on random tangents on that subject. Yeah, let's let's move on. I, w- I will I will rant about one small thing uh, before we before I sign off, and that is. Is it weird to anyone else that, like, people bring up, like, man, why does everyone have a Latin name in FF15? And it's like, you you play Elder Scrolls games. <laughs> people really bring that up? Are you serious? Yeah, I see that one a lot. Like, oh, man, Noctis, what a dumb name. And it's like, you play Elder Scrolls games. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm taken aback by that. Why is that dumb? Like, I don't know, like, the idea that I guess there's some sort of internal pattern to the names bothers people for some reason. People are just searching for stupid reasons to complain now, aren't they? (laughs) Hey, it's like this podcast got recursive. Um, (laughs) Oh no, he's got a weird name! Again, like, really I'm just... Really I'm just making a joke about, like, a lot of Western RPGs, like, these characters' names are nonsense, that's why they're fantasy games. Yeah. That's how you do. But, like, to treat this as, like, some greater degree of nonsense is absolutely baffling to me. Uh, one of the most cherished RPGs of all time has a character whose canonical name is Frog. So, I'm just going to put that out there. No, his real name's Glenn. Now, now Why'd you gotta to ruin my point? why did you just... No, no, I was going to bring up the fact that Ayla, Luca, and Marl are all weirder names than That's that. That's true. Anyway. <coughs> and the main also, get, name get into a fight time. with people about uh, how Ayla's name is pronounced and then look at her, the katakana of how it's spelled. 
been an interesting year for games. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So I, I want to end this with we're each going to pick one game just to talk about for a minute for whatever reason. Maybe just the game that stuck out to you the most this year for whatever reason. RPG or not. Okay, I promise it won't be FF15 this yeah, time. Not I talk about that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Pick two. One RPG, one non-RPG. So. Okay, Mm. Well, it's probably going to get passed over a little. So let's talk a little bit about Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Sure. Yeah, that one, obviously, for, based on the platform, kind of came and went. Yeah, but it was like it was really good and fun. It's just like, you know, no one really had the time for it. Like, yeah. it came out like people had basically given up on Wii U games, and like I hope it gets a Switch port. Hopefully, like just it's so that a, more people play it. It's a bizarre mashup of two series that works for somehow. Yeah, like if if you ever had if you ever liked the style of Persona but didn't like the time management aspect, like it's it's that <laughs> it's that without the time management aspect. Yeah, it's fluffy and like Great bouncy, combat. like current <coughs> uh, current Japanese like idol culture style but it does it in a way that's that's yeah. fun and it's well localized it's and very anime-ish like i remember playing the start of the game it's like oh the characters magically know how to transform the best part no of it reason. is re- the best part is like getting to like some of the character side quests where it's like oh i'm gonna try to audition to be like the next super sentai hero and then like oh i, I i'm just a villain in a stage show but it's an important growing experience <laughs> Sounds pretty fun, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, like the characters are fun. Like that's that's kind of the big thing. Uh, it has kind of an interesting like way that you get weapons that like sort of forces you to take on a lot of battles. And sometimes you'll like be like, oh, I only have one of these, and I want each of the. Since all the characters' abilities are tied to their weapons, you want to be upgrading weapons even when like your current weapon is fine, just because new abilities, new abilities, got to learn things. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Good game, well put together, tragically sold to an audience of like eight people. Yeah. Say Maybe give it a look if you can get hold of it for cheap. Which you can. You yeah. definitely can. It's in bargain bins. We have really any Wii U game except recent releases are relatively cheap. Yeah. <coughs> and there are a lot of good ones, so... I don't think fun. anyone played Paper Mario Color Splash, including me. I should play that. I bought it. I have not played it. <laughs> But yeah, uh, you got a first. What's your first poll? Uh, do you want to do your non-RPG or do you want to wait until? Uh, I was gonna wait on my non-RPG okay. until we heard your RPG. Uh, shoot, I had my non-RPG ready first. Oh, then you do that. Okay. Uh, the Ratchet and Clank remake. Oh, that one's super good. Which... Also very cheap now. <laughs> and also somewhat RPG-ish, but yeah. Um... Yeah, like Ratchet and Clank has always flirted with RPG. Yeah, and. If you're wondering why it's so cheap, uh, I mean, it was kind of cheap to begin with, so it's not because it sold poorly. It actually sold phenomenally, phenomenally well. Yeah, at forty bucks, it was like can't lose, and oh boy, it's a it's a real hoot. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, say this is someone who runs very hot and cold on Ratchet and Clank, yeah. but that's probably the one that like if someone's like, should I play Ratchet and Clank? I'd say you should play that one. Yeah, uh, I mean, you you look if you looked at that game, you know beforehand you'd be like okay this is a tying game for a movie that sony is basically throwing out to you know fail sent to die and yep. guess what it died yeah and 
I might mention, I enjoy that movie. I think it's pretty good. But uh, It's a solid kitsch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the problem is it, it's not really a movie that totally appeals to the fan of the series, which, as it turns out, was probably the only ones who were going to go see it. So. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It, like, it was one of those situations where, like, the movie came out precisely when the iron had cooled. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it 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 is hands down one of the best remakes of a game ever. Yeah, it yeah, totally, it really just totally rebuilds the whole foundation of the original game, um, while still being recognizably similar. Yeah, and still like keeping the same locations and everything, but uh, you know, modern controls. Tons of hilarious weapons. Uh, a, a kind of greatest hits compilation of the series' best weapons yeah. and gadgets. Uh, great voice acting. Uh, some some bits and pieces from the movie put in uh, to actually pretty good effect. Uh, and just a gorgeous game. Yeah, gorgeous game. Awesome gameplay. Awesome like boss sequences that, uh, if you're playing on hard, are really difficult. Uh you know, speaking of which, it's got a difficulty selection, which is nice. And relatively rare for the series, actually. Yeah. Um, upgradable weapons. Uh, just phenomenal. Um, I know there aren't, obviously aren't many, but definitely the 3D platformer of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, by... I'd even call it the platformer of the year by a large stretch. Yeah, I wish the platformers were more common like that used to be a genre like i found myself just sort of like playing random old 3d platformers because like that used to be the go-to genre of like we don't know what to make okay we'll make a 3d platformer and i i miss that era i've like oftentimes over the past few years i found myself i don't want to play something fast like a like a super hardcore action game i don't want to play something slow like an rpg and like i found that really what i'm missing is is platformers yeah that 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 style of 3D platformer, and it's something that could be coming back with the success of this and ukulele on the horizon. So we shall see. And hopefully, <coughs> just well as well. Hopefully uh, what? Hopefully, hat and time. Oh yeah, as well. you don't want to forget hat and time. Um, but, uh, but you know, and that's kind of a trend of today. Like everything old is new again. 2D yeah. 2D platformers, thanks to a lot of indie games, came back big and. Yeah, no, it's just a question of whether we can get 3D platformers back. Yeah. That six seconds of Mario Switch look neat. <laughs> we'll have to see on that. Um, so what was your non-RPG that stood out to you the uh, most this year? For good or bad uh, reasons. Doom. Doom. <laughs> that game. Like, like, I was, I was bringing up really fast action game. It's Doom. Like the 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 new 2016 Doom is like having in, adrenaline injected into your eyeballs. Um, <laughs> like it's it's such a it's such a great like cathartic devil may care sort of game. Like even when it realizes that it has to have a story, no one cares less about Doom's story than Doom Guy, which the game has canonically named the Doom Marine. So, so oh like the Doom, 
the new Doom starts with the Doom Marine escaping from, like, having been, like, tied down by demons who, like, revere him as a horrifying legend of the thing that will destroy them all. And, like, you, you basically just uh, run around punching things to death, shooting th- Like, you Doom. You Doom all over. And then, like, you, you stumble into the story, which is, like, crazy corporation wants to extract energy from hell. And, like, uh, like they're talking about, like, okay, we'll eventually get you off, but please don't destroy our energy extractors. And while he's saying that, Doom Marine is just, like, destroying everything in the room. <laughs> like, destroying the energy extractor with even more gusto as, as he's being told to please not destroy the energy uh, extractors. It's such a, it's such a, like, it is a punch to the face of a game. Nice. And like, if you haven't played, if you haven't played it, it's gotten like it's like thirty dollars at this point, and it's an absolute hoot from beginning to end. Please, please, it's it's fun. Like, but one of the things that I I find is missing from a lot of first-person shooters nowadays is that sense of just like, don't sit back and think about when when an enemy is going to kill you where where an enemy is going to shoot you from run up shoot it and then like rip its head off and then it will it will shoot forth health and ammo like some sort of confetti that's literally how doom works like you have things called glory kills where basically when an enemy starts flashing you press the melee attack button he does something horrifically violent to kill it and then like it shoots forth health if you need ammo, you pull out the chainsaw and you attack it with the chainsaw, which causes it to shoot forth ammo like confetti. Nice. It's a, it's a very, like, everything about the game is designed to give you no reason to take a break, but then you also just have dumb things in it where, like, oh, it's worth exploring because, like, you can find, like, little bobbleheads of the Doom Marine that he's really happy to find. <laughs> like, there's a great scene that, like, everyone gift on the internet because it was, like, you find one of the bobbleheads, and like all the bobbleheads are playing the at Doom's Gate sound. Like they're all playing that, and that's how you identify where they are, as you can hear that in the background. <laughs> but like he has a unique animation for picking up each of them, and one of them he just turn he just holds it in one hand and gives it a fist bump with the other. Nice. No one is happier to be in, in to be the Doom Marine than the Doom Marine. <laughs> Oh my god. So yes, play Doom if you haven't played Doom. It's a lot of fun. <sighs> What's your RPG, man? I'd have to say Dragon Quest Builders. Oh yeah. Because it was very surprising, because uh, my experience... Because with, you don't like Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, my experience of Minecraft have been, okay, I can see if you want to do weird, crazy things, you can enjoy this game, but this is just tedious and boring to me. Uh, <coughs> so to go in and play Dragon Quest Builders and have pretty much the exact opposite experience was surprising. And really, if you look at it, also not that surprising. Because I think there really is a way to just make a, a lot better game from that Minecraft structure. Just like have a story, have focused gameplay, um, but be able to, you know, use all those crazy building mechanics, and, you know, the end result is a really, really fun game, and, uh, you know... With a cute story wrapped around it. Yeah. 
and it really fits like the retro nature of Dragon Quest like a glove. Mm. Like it just it just works. And um I I should have seen that, but you know, I still didn't expect it going Still in. managed yeah. to take you by surprise. Yeah, I played the demo and I was like, This is this is fantastic. And although, you know, I've been distracted by other things and haven't been able to finish it, um does not mean that it's Impact is, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? It, it does not mean that it hasn't impact, impacted me at all. You know, I really mm. like the game. I'm going to go back to it. And yeah. I even just got distracted in the game, just being like, okay, I'm going to try and build the town a certain way, make it look nicer. So, yeah. Giving you some sort of objective with your town building can make yeah. it a lot more palatable for people like us. <laughs> Give me something to do here. I'm not good at making my own fun. That's why I bought a video game. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty cool. And you know, I kind of like to see like uh, a Lego game like that. That'd be neat. There's a lot of good Lego games, but right. it'd be neat to see one that used Lego a bit more. <laughs> it's kind of weird that they haven't done like a Lego game that's like Minecraft. I believe they have one in the works now, but yeah. Surprised it hasn't happened sooner. Mm. Alright, but uh But hey, you can get Lego City undercover next year for your Switch, Windows, uh, PS4, right. and yeah. Xbox. I and I've heard really good things about that, so A game is Lego Grand Theft Auto, it's very fun. That's pretty cool. Uh and Lego Dimensions is also awesome, FYI people. Yeah. Buy uh, and buy the Sonic level pack, it is freaking hilarious. See, we managed to make th- we managed to turn the episode around and make the end of it happy. Oh my god, it's there's a uh, Middle Earth level in there where the Riddler is the boss. So obviously the name of the level is Riddle Earth. Uh, and it's got Gollum uh, lurking around the whole level because he's like, I'm the one oh, that asks the riddles. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of its that's kind of its jam. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's that game is fantastic. And it even has a portal level, which is <laughs> with new dialogue, which is great. Yeah, and a new song actually. Yes, and they oh, oh my god, they actually got uh, uh, Michael J. Fox in the uh, Back to the Future portions as well. Which so. is super weird because they couldn't get him to do the Back to the Future game. It, they did get him for the last part of it, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was a period where he like didn't think that he could make his voice sound good because he's been affected by Parkinson's yeah. quite a bit at this point. <coughs> I'm trying to remember what the... Uh, you Wouldn't Know is the Lego Dimensions portal song. Nice. It's very good. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick that up and play it on my own because my son will have no idea what portal is. Yeah, he kind of post-dates portal a little bit. Yeah. A couple years. Portal's like 10 years old at this point. He does not know about the cake yet. It's better not to expose our children to lies. Oh, that's funny. So, uh, part of the story of the game is like foundation elements from each of the world. So, I'm sure yeah. you can... Each of the worlds. So I'm, get, I'm sure you this can guess... intensely related to both Q&A and RPGs. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so, I'm sure you can guess what the foundation element of the Portal world is. Uh, oh, heavens. It's the cake. <laughs> it's the cake. 
Well, that's enough of that. Yeah, all right. So let's wrap this thing up. Um, please send us in your year-end thoughts, um, your own, I guess, localization rants, if you feel like it. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow in Wheels' increasingly angry footsteps. <laughs> if you want to tell me why you think I'm totally wrong about Dragon Quest Monsters, We're also interested you're in totally that. wrong, because it's terrible. I will, uh, I will mediate between both Wheels and the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Um, and, you know, anything else that comes to mind. But, yeah, next time we're going to do, regardless of whether anyone sent anything in or not, we are going to do some sort of year-in-review type thing. And this will be uh, after the new year. <coughs> so, yeah, send us in your thoughts. Your disappointments, your surprises, your favorite games and whatever else is on your we'll mind. We'll probably rant about our least favorites. <laughs> yep. I'll rant about the stupid bosses in Sheeran that tainted an otherwise awesome game. <laughs> why, are there, why are there bosses in that game? It just why not? It doesn't fit. Love it. Ugh. talk about why wizardry clones drive me nuts, but I'm drawn to them anyway. Now, if you rant about that, I'm going to force you to play Kingsfield Additional. Is that that's a wizardry clone? Yes. No. No, yes. it's in Japanese. I can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> because you've never done that before. Not with a wizardry clone. <laughs> God, I have enough problems with them in English. <laughs> this is what you get when you mess with us. Do you want? Do you know how much trouble I had with Elmanage original because they mistranslated certain things in it? That no, I don't. Fun. But you're gonna tell me. Oh God. <laughs> so here we are again. It's always such a pleasure. Yes. Anyway, uh, happy New Year. Happy holidays. Just be happy. Mary Sagamus, etc. Have fun. And don't play Mugen Souls. <laughs> really, the story, the, the moral that the entire podcast was built to impart. Yes. Don't play Mugen Souls. Please. Please. <laughs> <coughs> Instead, play Legend of Legacy. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yes. Okay. That's right. probably on sale at some place. Play it. Uh, I think I have to check. You can you can send wheels questions at wheels at rpgamer.com. And if you don't believe me about Legend of Legacy, uh, our illustrious reviewer from Japan also gave it the exact same rating. So you can also post questions in the forum or tweet them at us. He is at AskWheels. I am at FanboyMaster. I am trying to make this go. Oh, but why did I open? Now I want to talk about how Seventh Dragon Three was surprising, but we'll save that for next time. Yeah, that can be that. That was the year, part <laughs> of the year end. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm gonna, just gonna. I'm, I'm turning us off. Goodbye. Have a lovely one. You are